the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. everybody another Al Gatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970 the answer the last one for March of 2022 this month has flown by April is just around the corner and in just a couple of days three mind you I'll be seeing the boys from Birmingham Judas Priest over at the Prudential Center there was a guy who took a great 4k video of them in Los Angeles that was just outstanding I mean the guy was literally a foot and a half from the stage a fan. I don't know how he got all of this at the entire concert. Fantastic. Glenn Tipton comes out later on. Uh, obviously, as you know, he's dealing with uh, Parkinson's disease, so he is not able to tour uh, with the band. And it just uh, amazing clarity and sound. It was awesome, and I, you know, kind of cherry pick my way uh, through the show. But Halford sounds great. The band sounds great. Cannot wait to see these guys in just a couple of days. We've got a great show for you tonight. We've got news and notes to get to. You can follow me on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert, G-N-Y-C Radio.com, iTunes and Google Podcasts, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast, uh, Alexa Ready as well, Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, and of course the Hopped Up Network. You head over there uh, Monday mornings right after the show, and you get to download and listen to the show at your leisure. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Brett Bullock from Screaming Hill Brewery down in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, is going to join me. They have an event on the farm that is coming up uh, this coming weekend, uh, April 2nd. That's going to be awesome. If you are a fan of beer and how it's made, you owe it to yourself to take a trip down to the farm and check it out with your family. They're going to have a lot of cool things that are going on. I mentioned it last week on the program. Um, and it's about grain and how grain is important on a on a farm, but how you know farms sustain themselves. Uh, it's it's very important. And this is not just happening at Screaming Hill. This is happening at places uh, all over the country. But uh, Brett is going to spotlight this uh, and shine a little bit more light on this subject. Plus, we're going to get into the uh, back road ramble uh, that's going to be coming up in November, which also helps um, food pantries. Uh, locally in Monmouth County and around the state. We'll get into that in just about 20 minutes from now. Uh, Funky Boot is having a job fair down in Florida, and uh, if you want to join them in the Barrel Room Wednesday, April 6th from noon to 7, they're doing on-the-spot interviews for all the great hospitality and manufacturing positions at the brewery. Bring your resume. Check out all the positions at funkybuddhabrewery.com slash careers. They're looking for back-of-the-house help in the kitchen, a seller operator, packaging operator, brewer position as well. There's a lot of positions available. We're seeing this a lot. A lot of people 
uh, are you know not able to fill uh, jobs that are open. And why is it the pay? Is it um, the atmosphere there? I, I don't know. Is it that people just don't want to work, or are they looking for that perfect job? I don't know. We're seeing it a lot in the beer industry. Um, the folks at Lions were told me, look, they've retained almost all of their staff, and why? Because of the way they do things. They treat it in a in a familiar atmosphere. I, I don't know what it is. But we're seeing this a lot. And so there are jobs available for people if they're willing to jump on it. Funky Buddha down in Florida, no exception there. Also, they're doing something at uh, Esplanade Park, uh, at the waterfront in Esplanade Park, located in the heart of Fort Lauderdale. It's the first ever Riverwalk Rhythm and, Bl- and Brews presented by Funky Buddha. This takes place on April 15th. It's a free-to-attend att- uh, free event, uh, an outdoor hanging session featuring live music, lawn games, cold beers, and food trucks curated by the Burger Beast, and when you make a donation to Riverwalk, Funky Buddha will reward you with a great T-shirt and maybe more. FunkyBuddhaBrewery.com for more information on this event. Three Threes Brewing, this is Three Threes down in South Jersey. They are doing a beer uh, to help the brave men and women uh, of Ukraine. Uh, proceeds from United We Stand. It's a new Imperial Pilsner brewed with ingredients from near and far. will go to a meaningful and relevant charity that they'll announce uh, very soon. And uh, stay tuned for the release details and limited distro info. I'm guessing uh, this Pilsner will probably be ready sometime mid-April, mid to late April. Uh, uh, Melissa Beck McGlynn uh, did the uh, amazing artwork on this, so you want to check this out from 3-3's Brewing if you want to help out in Ukraine. A lot of uh, breweries are doing this. Uh, We're going to spotlight some more stuff coming up in our next segment. Uh, Beer drinkers across Ohio getting a chance to try the new Budweiser Supreme Beer before the rest of the country. I know those of us that drink craft beer are probably not going to drink this, but Anheuser-Busch has run a large brewery in Columbus since 1968. They began distributing Budweiser Supreme to stores in Ohio as one of the five markets that will taste test the new beer. It's described as an American golden lager brewed with honey malt for a sweeter taste. Anheuser-Busch says Budweiser Supreme will be available nationwide before the end of the year. Other markets that are testing the beer include New York, Washington, D.C., Central California, and West Texas. Our good friends over at Alesmith down in San Diego in the Miramar uh, area, they have added a non-alcoholic beer to their lineup for this year. Uh, they, uh, they, they're they kicking it off with a non-alcoholic IPA. It's available in 12-ounce cans in six packs. Uh, Alesmith's non-alcoholic IPA dis- delivers citrusy hop notes and aromas that is balanced with a great mouthfeel and solid bitterness on the finish. It is one of the first San Diego-based breweries to try a non-alcoholic option. Uh, It is out now. Uh, You can uh, get it at Alesmith's Tasting Room, or you can check out Alesmith's ordering page because you get free shipping for a limited time on the purchase of two or more six-packs. And by the way, since it's non-alcoholic, they can ship it anywhere in the country. That's pretty cool. So uh, the the non-alcoholic beer is becoming a big boon. Athletic Brewing obviously started it, but now a lot of other companies are jumping in with non-alcoholic beer. It is good for a change of pace, and they're getting better. I've said this before, Dogfish Head's um, non-alcoholic beer, probably one of the better beers that I've had. It's it's got that soury taste. They use lemons instead of lime like they do for their sequential. Uh, But it's a fantastic beer for non-alcoholic beer. And Sam Adams IPA is actually really good. I know when we met with Jim, uh, Jim Cook, uh, and Sam Calagione on this conference call to talk about these non-alcoholic beers. God, it was over a year and a half ago. Um, they had talked about, uh, Jim had talked about wanting to add a little bit more punch to his IPA. He felt like it wasn't hoppy enough. It needed that little bit of extra flavor. So I'd love to get my hands on a six-pack of it and try it just to see 
how it balances out. Uh, Savor, an American craft beer and f- beer and food experience, unlike any craft beer event. A sensory adventure and answers the tantalizing question, as the press release says. What if we paired some of the best craft brewers with some of the finest chefs for a single night of culinary bliss? Now, I have not been to this event, but I, people rave about it and how great it is. So after a two-year hiatus, the Brewers Association Savor event returns to Washington, D.C. It's Friday, June 24th at the Anthem. Savor pairs more than 200 flavor-forward independent craft beers from around the country with sublime small bites from an award-winning culinary team to create an unforgettable culinary experience for beer lovers and foodies alike. So you have the unique opportunity to sip, savor, and interact with many of the brewery owners, a dynamic lineup of acclaimed personalities behind the beers. It also marks the first time they're at the Anthem. It's a new $60 million waterfront venue in a space that will accommodate 30% more breweries than previous events. More than 100 small and independent craft breweries from around the country will be pouring more than 200 beers at Savor. Uh, chef Adam Dolve, the Brewers Association executive chef and author of The Beer Pantry, will lead a talented award-winning culinary team to create a one-of-a-kind menu of more than 60 food pairings. It takes place at the Anthem, 901 Wharf Street, Southwest Washington, D.C. This is Friday, June 24th from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Savor tickets will be available for purchase to the general public on April 6th. A ticket pre-sale that exclusively for members of the Brewers Association and American Home Brewers Association takes place on April 5th. General admission tickets are $139. Premium tickets are $179. VIP is $249. You get small plate pairings, uh, conversation with brewery uh, luminaries. Uh, there's music by a DJ, Matthias uh, Brom. Uh, event program with room for tasting notes, unlimited non-alcoholic beverages, a commemorative tasting glass, and an exclusive commemorative beer that you can take home. It's a great event. I, I unfortunately, will not be able to make it down there. It's the night before my wife's birthday. Not really a smart move to tell her I'm going to D.C. to drink beer and eat food. She'd probably be very annoyed with me, and understandably so. But if you're looking for something to do June 24th, again, tickets go on sale to the general public on April 6th. Prices $139, $179, and $249. Uh, A great event, and from what I've heard from a lot of people, one that you need to be to if you are a craft beer lover. Threes Brewing has released Tyranny of Mirrors, West Coast uh, Pale Ale, uh, that pays homage to the less hazy West Coast style. Uh, it is a hot bill of Simcoe, Centennial, and Rewaka using varietals representative of different generations of beer. Expect tropical fruit aromatics with dry floral notes. Uh, they wanted to come out with a little bit of a drier, crisper, and more assertive bitterness than the East Coast IPAs that have been dominating the market. So kudos to Threes for that. And then finally, as I've been talking about for the last few weeks, Beer Barbecue Bacon Showdown. It returns May 14th. It's Men in Arena Field in Morristown, New Jersey. 30 New Jersey breweries, each bringing three styles of beer, one of them specifically made for the event. Senor Sangria Broad Street Celsius will also be there as well. Plenty of barbecue and baking creations available for purchase. VIP from noon to one. General admission from one to five. The VIP, you get to take advantage of Chef Chris Massey, and a delicious VIP buffet. Uh, info and tickets, njbeerbbqfest.com. It's a benefit for the Chester First Aid Squad. You can save $15 on general admission or VIP tickets with code JERSEYBEER, but it expires at midnight tonight, so if you don't get in now, you're going to lose out. You will not save money. It's a great event. I judge it every year. Allison does a wonderful job with this, and it's an all-New Jersey beer event, which is pretty pretty awesome. When we come back after a short break, more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Greta Van Fleet, the cold wind. This is from the anthem of the Peaceful Army. Unfortunately, I was supposed to see these guys uh, next week in Atlantic City, and unfortunately, that's not going to happen. One of the band members uh, developed pneumonia, and apparently uh, they have postponed uh, a portion of their U.S. tour. They're about to head down to South, uh, South America. Doctor said, give yourself a couple of weeks off. Um, rest and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, you can resume the tour in South America. Hopefully they're feeling better. So they're supposed to be rescheduling those dates uh, in Atlantic City. And when they do, hopefully I can get down there. I have not refunded my ticket yet because I do want to see these guys. Um, and I keep missing them. So we shall see what happens there. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Brett Bullock from Screaming Hill Brewery is going to join me. They've got an event on the farm coming up uh, this coming weekend, the first weekend of April. Uh, That's going to be awesome. If you are a fan of beer and how it's made, you owe it to yourself to take a trip down to the farm next Saturday. Trust me, we'll get into all the details with Brett and some other stuff, too, in just about 10 minutes from now. Three creative groups from across the craft brew industry have launched a special world peace campaign. It spreads a message of hope through, of all things, beer labels. Make Peace Not War is a customizable beer label. A design that craft breweries can adopt for use with their own beverages while raising much-needed funds for Ukraine relief efforts. Starting now, craft breweries across the country are invited to customize the Make Peace Not War label template, a design conceived and produced by Jen Borer. She's an award-winning illustration artist and graphic designer who owns Hoot Design Studio in York, Pennsylvania. By the way, who comes from York, Pennsylvania? The band Live. Brewers are invited to add the name of their beer, logo, and beer style to the label and then distribute their product as a special limited edition selection. Uh, This from Jen. I felt so helpless the day after Russia invaded Ukraine, who came up with the idea for the campaign. I knew I had to do something, so I posted a design to my Instagram account. The response was tremendous and encouraging, and from there, it just took off. Uh, Dennis and Sammy Guy, co-founders of First Sip Brew Box, a monthly craft brew subscription box service, saw Jen Bohr's label art, wanted to get involved. So Dennis says, inspired by Jen's label, we designed an exclusive Make Peace Not War First Sip Brew Box. It's a limited edition run for those beer lovers who want to support the cause even further. And Jackie DeBella Curry, she's an account manager of EGC's group's uh, craft beverage division and the co-founder of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. We've had Jackie on the program. She saw the power and impact the beer label could have and got to work promoting the campaign to the organization's network of craft breweries. Beer has the power to bring people together. Uh, and while, peop- uh, while beer and art might not be able to save the world, we're hoping breweries, small and large, will join forces and use this label to raise awareness about the importance of peace in our lives. Temporary use of the copyrighted label is entirely free. Since this is a no-recipe collaboration, breweries can use the label art on any of their existing brews and are able to add their logo and beer name. All the campaign organizers ask is that craft breweries that use the design donate at least 10% of their sales proceeds from the Make Peace Not War beer to a charity that's providing relief to those affected by the crisis in Ukraine. That's pretty cool. Check out the label. I've posted it on my Instagram uh, while promoting the show. Uh, it is definitely something uh, that is really cool, and any brewery can use it for now. Uh, Cape Beverage Distributing, proud to announce the addition of Pennsylvania-based brewery Von C. Brewing Company and Fresno-based brewery Full Circle Brewing Company to their distribution partners. Those partnerships mark the first time that Von C. and Full Circle beers have reached the New Jersey market. Um, since their grand opening in June of 2021 in Norristown, Pennsylvania, uh, coincidentally enough, where Mike Piazza grew up, 
Uh, Von C. Brewing Company has been making waves in the Pennsylvania craft beer market. The three brothers who started the brewery are the great-great-grandchildren of Christian Schmidt, who started Schmidt's Brewery in Philadelphia in 1860. That's pretty cool. They brew an array of styles, both deep in tradition and haze, ranging from the OG Pills, Philadelphia's legendary lager, which is the family recipe handed down through six generations, to the Walking on Clouds, hazy New England IPA. And Full Circle uh, is the longest-running brewery in Fresno. They've been given a new life since 2016, thanks to owner and CEO Arthur Moy and a group of local investors. Since then, they've quickly expanded the brew house capacity and continue to bring their brews to new markets. As Arthur Moy says here in the uh, press release, we are excited to partner with a premier distributor like Cape Beverage Company to bring our California fruit-forward beer into the hands of New Jersey consumers. As the fastest-expanding black-owned brewery in the nation, we believe that our balanced beers with unique packaging will truly stand out in the New Jersey marketplace. So uh, Cape Beverage is going to distribute Von C. Brewing Company's Walking on Clouds Hazy New England IPA, the OG Pills Legendary Philly Lager, and Vienna-style lager, Full Circle Brewing Company's Captain Save a Hop with Pineapple West Coast IPA, Juicy New England-inspired IPA, and Illa Vanilla Milkshake IPA uh, will be first distributed. There will be additional products from both breweries that will come uh, to New Jersey later this year. That starts distributing tomorrow, Monday, March 28th. The six brands will be distributed throughout New Jersey. CapeBeverage.com for more information. Looking forward to trying those beers. I think that's pretty darn cool. Um, the Colorado Brewers Guild, thrilled to announce that 175-plus Colorado craft breweries are going to be participating on Colorado Pint Day, which takes place on Wednesday, April 6th. A dollar of each pint glass sold will be donated to the Colorado Brewers Guild. This is pretty cool. The full list of participating breweries can be found via the CBG website. I've seen the glass. The glass is gorgeous. It reflects the, uh, the mountains of Colorado. It's really cool. So you can get that pint glass. But also, a dollar of every glass sold, again, will be donated to the Colorado Brewers Guild. So you're helping out the Brewers Guild at the same time. Uh, Shawnee Adelson, the executive director of the Colorado Brewers Guild, says, Every year we see more interest in Colorado Pint Day and are beyond excited to have more breweries than ever participate. This will make it easier for beer lovers across the state to get their hands on this one-of-a-kind glass. We can't wait to see the state decked out with Colorado Pint Day glasses out on April 6th. Now, each participating brewery creatively chooses how they want to celebrate Colorado Pint Day. This beloved tradition has reached cult-level status with beer drinkers going near and far to collect their one-of-a-kind limited-edition Colorado Pint Day glassware. The This year's theme celebrates uh, Colorado's Parks and Wildlife and their 125th anniversary. The design comes from Anna Long. She's a graphic designer and marketing manager from Copper Kettle Brewing Company and the CEO of Norlo Design. Uh, the artwork inspi- includes the tagline, Supporting Those That Keep Colorado Wild. Uh, there's a great horned how- owl in it, representing state parks, and a park ranger that proudly overlooks the land. Uh, again, uh, get out early. The glasses will sell out. And again, if you go to CB- the Colorado uh, Brewers Guild website, you can see the list of participating breweries and a map of Colorado Pint Day locations that can be found. We're trying to get Shawnee on the program for next week uh, to talk more about this and uh, spotlight some of the breweries and what they're doing. And there's also some other events that the Colorado Brewers Guild is doing. So we will, um, we, hopefully we will be able to talk with her uh, about that on next week's program. Another person that's going to be joining us on the program is one of the reps from Duclaw uh, next week. Um, Dee Murphy uh, is her name. She's the New York rep for Duclaw. But this month 
happens to be a special month for those with cancer. It's, it's uh, National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. And Duclaw Brewing has been doing this for uh, a couple of years now. They're joining forces with Squatty Potty to raise funds for the Colon Cancer Foundation to help flush out colorectal cancer. It's the second most common cancer in the United States. And to increase awareness directly on the shelves, Duclaw just dropped Give a Crap. It's a limited edition sour ale brewed with blueberry, black currant, and vanilla, and partial proceeds will be donated to the CCF. Now, each can displays an iconic rainbow poop emoji and a QR code that links to the Weekly Digest. It's a digital blog magazine that's filled with educational content on colorectal cancer, survivor stories, and entertaining pieces, including bathroom horror stories, horoscopes, and more. Cindy Barassi, the president of the CCF, says colorectal cancer gets a misleading reputation as an old person's disease. 45 is the new 50, with cases trending younger every year. It is important to understand the signs and symptoms of colorectal cancer. Don't assume that blood in your stool is hemorrhoids. Talking openly about poop can be pretty uncomfortable, but that's exactly why we chose to launch this campaign with a few crappy jokes. Very cute. Um, each can will feature statistics relating to colorectal cancer, including these facts. Colorectal cancer is the number two leading cause of cancer death among men and women in the United States. Adults in the United States have a 1 in 24 risk of developing colorectal cancer in their lifetime. 1 in 24. That's not a big number. Regular colorectal cancer screening is now recommended for adults 45 years old and older. African Americans are at a higher risk with 20% higher incident rates and 40% higher death rates. In 2020, the average colorectal cancer screening rates dropped by 64%, and the five-year survival rate for colorectal cancer is 90% when it's caught at an early stage. Folks, um, this is a big deal. And uh, if you text POOP to 512-920-5521, you can make a tax-deductible donation to the Colon Cancer Foundation. Um, single uh, Squatty Potty, excuse me, um, is this uh, thing where, you, you know, it's basically like that uh, colorectal guard that you see on uh, the commercials, whatever. Um, you put your stool in there, you send it back, they test it uh, to see if you have... Uh, you know, or need to get further screenings. But folks, cancer is no joke. I'm a cancer survivor. I finally got my colonoscopy last year after delaying it for two years because of the pandemic. And a lot of people have done that. Don't do that. It is important to go for regular screenings. And again, especially if you're over the age of 40, get those checkups done. Believe me, early detection is key. If I hadn't gone to the doctor and they figured out what it was, By the time I got in to see my oncologist for my Hodgkin's lymphoma, I was already at stage three. I was weeks away from asphyxiating because my throat was being closed off. I couldn't breathe. Trust me, folks. Cancer doesn't discriminate. It kills. Get tested. If you don't feel right, go to a doctor, ask questions. But again, colorectal cancer, the number two leading cause of death in this country among men and women. That's not good. Not good. When we come back after a short break, Brett Bullock from Screaming Hill Brewery is going to join me. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter very easily, at Algatulo. Instagram, at Gatulo. That's G-A-T-T. 
U double L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Google, uh, I, uh, actually, Google Podcasts and iTunes. You do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows there. We're Alexa ready as well. Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, and of course, the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com. You can check out the podcast version of the show, usually a couple minutes after the show ends at about five after midnight on Monday morning, and you can download it and listen to it at your leisure. Now, my next guest, he's been running a farm down in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, and has been in his family for over 100 years. We've had him on the show plenty of times. They are coming up on seven years, though, making farm-fresh beer in the Garden State, and they are doing a phenomenal job. They have an event coming up to kick off the month of April, part of the reason why I've asked him to join me, uh, and we'll talk about it uh, in just a moment. But if you want more information about the brewery, just go to Screamin', leave off the G, Hill.com for more information on the brewery. And, of course, Bullock Farms is the name of the farm. They have a website as well, BullockFarms.com. You can find out more info, info on the farm there. But let me welcome back to the program uh, Brett Bullock. Brett, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Al. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. So let's dive right into this. Coming up Saturday, April 2nd, you are hosting the first annual, now I want to say soft festival, but it's not. It's, and I, I can't even pronounce it, Skewft, Squift Festival? What's going to be taking <laughs> place here, and why is this so important to the beer industry? Yeah, I'm excited about this. We're members of the Northeast Grain Shed Alliance, and one of the things that they're promoting is, so it's pronounced square foot. It's the square foot project. Ah, gotcha. So what it is, it's an educational tool to sort of bridge the gap between farmland and products that use that uh, farmland. Um, so what it is is it, calcu- it allows you to calculate how many square feet of farmland are in some of your favorite products like, you know, like beer, whiskey, bread. Um, and so, for example, a lot of our beers, on average, you've got about four square feet of our uh, farmland in each pint. That's the contribution of the barley that's in there. Um, so it's basically an educational tool to basically, to, you know, to shed light on um, on northeast farmland and, and how they uh, are used to make some of uh, some of the products that everybody loves. So this event is taking place not only at your brewery, but at, at events all over the Northeast as well, so that uh, they, you know, breweries that maybe brew on a farm or use, obviously, a, a local farmer for their grain or their hops or whatever the case may be, so that they can showcase why grain is so important to what they do, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be places hosting this open house all over the Northeast, and, um, you know, we're, we're excited to take part in it. Uh, we're talking with Brett Bullock, the owner-operator of Screamin' Hill Brewery, located in beautiful Cream Ridge, New Jersey. For more info on the brewery, just go to ScreamInHill.com. Taproom hours, Fridays 3 to 8, Saturdays from 1 to 6.30. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and the Square Foot Festival. That's going to be taking place on Saturday, April 2nd. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Brett, um, was it the grain that was adversely affected by the weather last year, or was it the hops around the world? It was the grain in the, yeah. Uh, the grain crop uh, this past year was was a really rough crop, um, so we're going to see some shortages and some um, some malt uh, across the country that's going to be difficult to brew with. It's going to make brewers' jobs a little bit more difficult, um, but I think uh, in the end it'll be fine. But it was the barley. Uh, and fortunately, our barley held up pretty well, mm-hmm. um, so we will fortunately be okay. Uh, but yeah, the barley crop had a rough year, so that, that with that growing your own stuff you never know how it's going to go right and for those that don't know so why is it that the weather had adversely affected the barley around the world was it from from heat or from too much rain explain to the folks what it the 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 process behind that 
Yeah, it was actually, I believe, lack of rain in, um, you know, like the Colorado, Montana, even the Canada uh, growing region where they produce a lot of grain. Um, And so what that does is it drives the protein content of the grain up very high. So um, when you grow grain, it has to hit certain marks with analysis as far as protein is concerned in order to make good malt. So what that means is there's going to be malt with higher protein. Um, So it's just going to be a little bit more difficult to brew with, and it's going to be... you know, it may change some characteristics. It's probably not going to be noticeable to the end consumer. It's just going to make the supply chain more difficult and make uh, make brewing a little more difficult for some folks. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much the reason behind it. Right, because as a smaller brewer, you pay a certain price for, for grain for wherever you're getting it from, uh, whomever it is. If you're not locked in at a certain price, they can raise those rates. Obviously, the bigger brewers can, you know, they get a one bulk rate, uh, you know, year to year or however it works. For you guys as a smaller brewer, it makes things that much more difficult, and you end up having to pass that on to the consumer because it's obviously going to cost more for you. Oh, yeah. The uh, malt prices have gone up uh, substantially uh, in the past, you know, five months or whatever uh, as the last year's harvest came in. Um, so fortunately for us, we don't buy a lot of grain because we grow it ourselves. But right. what little bit we do buy, um, not only have the prices gone up, but the minimums have gone up as well. Uh, and for somebody like us where we don't buy a lot because we, we use most of our own, um, it's made it harder. We're having to buy more lots than we want. Um, um, so there's, there's going to be a lot of difficulty with it. But, yeah, price is just uh, the price of malt this year is, is going to be a little out of control. Yeah, it is, and that's and again, that's another thing. It's this old trickle down effect of how things are going over the last couple of years because of the pandemic. But I want to mention as well, Brett, that the second annual Back Road Ramble getting ready to take place the first Saturday in November. I know it seems like it's a long way off, but if you're preparing your colorful costume for the event, you got to start getting ready now. This was a great event last year. I love being a part of it. But it's an event that helps out Farms Against Hunger. Can you tell the folks a little bit about what Farms Against Hunger does? Yeah, so that's a part of the New Jersey Agricultural Society. And what they do is they... Um get volunteers to go out and help glean farmers field and gleaning basically means they go out and collect the food that wasn't quite um, good enough to be harvested and sold, uh, but is still edible and good, healthy local food. So they go collect that food and they have a, a, a spot where they bring it back and sort it and are able to get it to, to the people that are in need of food. So it's a really awesome organization um, that uh, helps again, connect that farm to uh, the consumer and and gets really healthy local food in the hands of those people that that really need it most. Um, so it's somebody that that we like partnering with. Yeah. And um, last year we were able to raise quite a bit of money for them. And this year we're looking to have some more participants for the back road ramble, um, and uh, and have another really great day. So it should be it should be a really fun event. It is a long ways away, but we are already planning for it. And we're, we're really excited about it. That is really cool. It was a great event last year. I was so happy to be a part of it. And thank you for inviting me down there. We're talking with Brett Bullock. He's the owner-operator of Screaming Hill Brewery, located in beautiful Cream Ridge, New Jersey. A couple minutes past Great Adventure. If you go in there uh, for a little summer uh, you know, trip, Friday or Saturday, come down to the farm. Definitely check it out. Tap, uh, tap room hours, Fridays from 3 to 8 p.m., Saturdays from 1 to 6.30 p.m. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, the first annual Square Foot Festival takes place Saturday, April 2nd. You're going to be giving tours, uh, 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 hay, I believe uh, hay rides. You're going to be doing all kinds of things. To, exp- to let people explore about how the farm uh, produces the beer. Is that correct, Brett? That's correct. And we're going to do a meet the f- brewer, meet the farmer, meet the malter event. So we're partnering with Rabbit Hill Farms, Rabbit Hill Malt House. Awesome. Uh, malts our grain for us. Uh, so Hillary and Blair will be up here to sort of explain the malting process to folks 
and have some samples of different malt for people to chew on to get to know the differences. Um, and then I'm going to have all of our farming equipment up here, like the combine and the grain drill and some of the, uh, some of the equipment that we use in the fields to grow grain so people can climb on them and kind of get familiar with the, uh, the agricultural side of it. So a um, little bit of malting education, a little bit of farming education. We'll have the brewers on hand uh, to give some more tours of the brewery, which we're always doing anyway, but maybe a little bit more in-depth information about how we brew with local grains. Um, and then we're going to be doing some hay rides around the farm with maybe some stops around all the green handling equipment. Um, our barley fields are starting to green up as the weather's warming up, so we'll stop out at the barley fields and do a little educational stuff out there. So we're going to try to just educate people on local grain um, and malting and uh, and brewing with it. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is outstanding. And you recently did another Saison collab with the guys from Alternate Ending Beer Company in Aberdeen. The beer is targeted for a mid-April release. What type of Saison is this? Yeah, so we did like a – it's like a copper-colored Saison um, and we used all Rabbit Hill malt for that one. So another collaboration with Rabbit Hill, and then we used East Coast Yeast. Uh, we did uh, one of his favorite strains of Brett and a Saison uh, pitch. Um, so we did a co-pitch with primary Brett fermentation for that one. Um, uh, barley, wheat, and rye is the grain bill. Uh, so it's going to be like a copper-colored, uh, probably kind of dry, a uh, little bit fruity and funky, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um so we're gonna uh, we're gonna have that one in cans available mid-April, and then pretty soon we're gonna be announcing a, a really fun uh, release party that we're gonna do for that um, that may involve hanging out in a barley field, which we're really excited about. Oh, I like that. All right, good, good. I You'll have to let give you me the know de- about that when we have the information. Absolutely, I gotta let me know the details so I can let everybody know. Now, um, the last time we uh, we spoke, Brett, you were getting ready to expand operations on the farm, kind of build out a little bit. Uh, in terms of uh, the you know the brewery and and things of that nature, how is that going? It's going slow. We've been okay. working on expanding our current facility through COVID. We kind of put the big project uh, kind of not on hold, but just kind of slowed it down sure. a little bit. So we are still working on it. We're we're trying to figure out what the right thing to do is now. Um, so we are still working on it. I don't have any kind of dates with predictions, but we are we are working on how we can best expand on the farm and, and keep growing. Um, in more ways than one, but uh, but yeah, no no definite information about that, but it will come eventually. All right, sounds good. My guest has been Brett Bullock. He's the owner-operator of Screaming Hill Brewery located in beautiful Cream Ridge, New Jersey. Folks, if you have time, take a ride down here on Saturday, April 2nd. It's the first annual Square Foot Festival. Learn all about the farm. Learn all about the farming equipment. Learn how the grains and the malts and the hops and all these things are, are used to create beer. It's awesome. The taproom hours are Friday, 3 to 8 p.m., Saturdays from uh, 1 to 6.30 p.m. Uh, Brett does an awesome job. And by the way, the pumpkins there are outstanding, Christmas trees. There's a lot to do at the farm. It is a great time. Trust me, uh, you will not be disappointed. Brett, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Always appreciate it. Al, thanks so much for having me. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. That's right. Vital signs from Rush's Moving Pictures, which happens to be celebrating its 40th anniversary this year, which is pretty cool. And why am I playing that here in our final segment, which is usually suds and duds? Well, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Uh, And it has to do with the band Rush, and it has to do with beer, coincidentally enough. But uh, I will get to that in a second. I want to just very quickly go through uh, suds and duds here because uh, there's not many beers this week. Um, I was actually out at a 50th birthday party, and um, all the bar had that was craft was Dogfish Head's uh, 60-minute IPA, which, listen, is a great IPA. Uh, It's a good one to kind of sit back. And sometimes... You know, I will say this. Sometimes it's good to actually sit back and enjoy a classic beer that you haven't had in quite some time um, that kind of reminds you of why you got into craft beer. It's like it's almost like having a Sam Adams Boston Lager on tap or in bottle, you know, when you haven't had one in forever. And everybody remembers their first Sam Adams, everyone. And when you first had it after drinking Budweiser and Coors Light and all these very light, light beers, when you first had it, you're like, oh, the first thing that hits you is the flavor of it, right? That taste, that kind of thickness. Then you start drinking it and you're like, oh, this is really good. And then after two or three, you're kind of like, whoa, hold on a second. And it's not a strong beer by any stretch of the imagination. But it's because of the fact that you're drinking something that you really haven't had before. Um... And it's sometimes it's one of those things where you go back to one of those things. Like Boston Lager always does this thing where they put their, their 12 packs together and they put a bunch of different beers in there, some new, some old. But they always add a, a bottle or two of Boston Lager, it seems, which I love because it reminds you of why you got into craft beer in the first place. And that's cool. That's a really cool thing. Um, and we will get into... Um, we will get into why I played Rush in just a moment, but let us let's let me run through uh, suds and duds here. Um, the folks from our mutual friend Brewing sent me a bunch of different beers, um, and this one I forget who did the collab with them with this, but this is this was good. This was called Fate Map. A uh, little bit of bite, slightly juicy, uh, a nice drink of beer at about seven percent, uh, pretty darn good uh, and enjoyable. And I think I have like one other beer that I have to get through. They sent me like two of some of of beers, and then like you know one offs. One more beer that i got to get through uh, from our mutual friend. And we'll probably, I'll try to review that next week. I don't know if we're going to have a Suds and Duds segment next week because I have a short week, uh, work week, because I'm going to a bunch of shows. So um, we will have a new show, obviously, next week. But, you know, I, I won't have the entire week to record it. Let's put it that way. Um, found this in the back of my fridge, a winter saison by source. Uh, it was the last day of winter. I decided to crack this one open. What a great 10% beer. Uh, to just kind of sit. And actually, that was the nightcapper for me after having all this 60-minute uh, IPA that we were drinking at this uh, birthday party, surprise 50th birthday party for uh, a friend of ours, our friend Robin. Um, and, yes, she was surprised, which is kind of cool. Um, but, um, yeah, that was a nice nightcapper of a beer. It's dark. It's got a little spiciness to it. Um, just a really, really good beer. And I, for one, I'm glad winter is over. I'm glad the days are a little bit longer. I'm glad there's more sunlight out. Uh, spring is coming, more time to sit outside. Um, haven't had a cigar and a beer in quite some time, so it's one of those. The next really nice weather day that we have, and I have some time, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, 
just sit in the backyard and kind of relax a little bit, maybe in the gravity chair and just kind of just chill um, and enjoy uh, the warm weather. I am so overdue for a vacation, folks. I I need to get away to some tropical island and put my feet in the sand for a little bit. And soon enough, I'm going to do that. Um, And hopefully there'll be some uh, great local craft beer uh, wherever I go. And then I can, um, you know, regale you of tales of my vacation, but also of the uh, great craft beer that I drink. Uh, because I'm definitely, actually, uh, speaking of toes in the sand, although I don't know if I'll be, be able to do that uh, when I go, but hopefully November, uh, heading back heading back out to San Diego after, God, almost five years um, to um, to enjoy Craft Beer Week out there, which is uh, first week of November. I think it's November 5th through the 11th. Uh, I'm going to try and get out there for uh, three or four days uh, and enjoy all that Southern California has to offer. So who knows? Maybe the weather will be warm enough where I can actually uh, put my toes in the sand. And finally, uh, Tefnut, uh, Creamsicle Berry Swirl. This is uh, the Vale and Omnipolo uh, did this uh, collab. Uh, uh, Basically, a berry vanilla smoothie. The 10% in this beer is well hidden. Uh, My friend Kim from Wet Ticket had given me a can of this beer. What a delicious beer. And again, shocking that it was a 10%er. Um, I was really surprised at how the uh, the strength of that beer was hidden in it. You're drinking it, you're drinking it, you're drinking it. You don't really realize how um, how potent this particular beer is, but it was absolutely positively delicious. Um, thank you, Kim, for that. That was just uh, that was a lot of fun. It was really really good. Um, all right, so let's get into this thing about Rush, and um, they have been partnering with uh, Henderson Brewery up in Toronto. Um, they, they started this with their golden ale, um, a few months ago, and now they've moved on to, uh, a limited edition. It's called moving pictures beer, uh, kind of a take on moving pictures, right? So, um, they decided their first premium limited edition beer debuted in the winter of 2021. Um, that was the golden ale. And then this is to coincide with the 40th anniversary of the band's seminal album, moving pictures. Uh, that now sold out Moving Pictures holiday beer was a dark Belgian style ale with Riesling wi- uh, wine must. So that they they put it out in Canada uh, as a kind of limited edition and it sold out. So the success, of the, the success of the Golden Ale and first limited run spawned further collaboration between the band and Henderson Brewery. And now, after rigorous taste testing, a second premium beer has been approved for a special limited run, Moving Pictures. This time. The winning recipe is a Belgian blonde beer with a Pinot Noir must. The name, a cheeky play on the famous album cover, Triple Entendre, with the bottle's label art designed by longtime Rush art designer Hugh Smine. So, uh, as Alex Lifeson says, and I love this, uh, they have the quote from Alex Lifeson, says, when we started this project, we were really excited to create the perfect after-gig beer, but after spending time working with Henderson, we discovered so many styles and flavors for more complex additional products, remarked Rush guitarist and beer scientist Alex Lifeson. Uh, we took the taste testing very seriously, said Getty Lee, Rush singer, bassist, and beer drinker. He doesn't proclaim that he is a beer scientist. I, and I would, you know what? I'm with Getty. I'm a beer drinker. Uh, and picking just one was a tough decision, so we just decided to go with making all of them. Um, Steve Himmel, the GM and co-founder of Henderson Brewery, said, The Rush beer planning nights have been among my favorite in my six years at the brewery, sitting around sampling product with these guys. I mean, Rock Hall of Famers, who I watched on stage for so many years, has been an absolute thrill. Plus, they bring an incredible, incredibly broad palette that comes from wine and spirits appreciation. We are very proud of this beer and think moving pitchers will be appreciated by any aficionado. Uh, it is an 11.9% ABV strong ale 
fruit notes of berries, grapes with a spicy and floral bouquet to round it out. Aromas of maple syrup add complexity while tannins help to balance out the sweetness. This began rolling out on March 24th in Ontario. It'll be across Canada in time to have a cold one while listening to the 40th anniversary Moving Pictures album that the reissue is arriving on April 15th. The USA rollout will begin later this year. So it is not available in the United States yet. It is only available in Canada, this beer. But they are working on getting it available in the United States. I, for one, will be a happy camper uh, once these beers come out because I will definitely uh, want to sample and drink them. I am an enormous Rush fan. Um, Got to see them a bunch of times uh, as a kid. And then I saw the R40 tour. Obviously, we knew that it was going to be their final tour um, as a band. Nobody really knew that Neil Peart was um, was sick, was dealing with uh, geoblastoma. Um, and so they are no longer together as a band. They've said, you know, it's over, that's it. We're not doing anything more. Getty Lee's been working on some side projects. Alex Lifeson, as I mentioned on the show before, has a side band that, oh, not a side band, but he's got a new band that he's working with. I think their album comes out next month. We'll have to explore that uh, a little bit more. And if they tour, I will certainly go and see them, um, uh, without a doubt. I mean... Listen, they're uh, a band of my youth that is iconic, uh, and uh, I love them. So I I can't get enough of uh, their music. I can listen to their albums over and over and over again. And I know this is going to be blasphemy for some, but Grace Under Pressure and Signals are probably two of my favorite Rush albums uh, of all time. And I know it's the synth era, and people don't like it, but you know what? I dig it. And honestly, it's all an opinion. You may like one. I may like another. And it's how beer works, too. You may like one beer, I may like another. Folks, that's it for the show. My thanks to everybody involved in in the show, as well as my guest, Brett Bullock, from Screaming Hill Brewery. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back live on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.